God. Isn't he wonderful? Praise the Lord. As we come together today, I just want to remind you and encourage you to continue to hold up Joe. She's improving, but she had a hip replacement and and complications not so much with the hip as with other stuff that came against her so just continue to hold her up in prayer and uh, uh, Jenny uh, had surgery on Tuesday I believe it was and anyway she's doing well and just continue to hold her up as well and so God is faithful isn't he and I think I'm really loud or something so uh well, this morning I want to talk with you about <clears throat> the spirit of grace. Now, I want to talk about it from the standpoint that um, it's a spirit from the standpoint that we'll never truly be able to comprehend and accept and walk in the fullness of what Jesus has made available to us if we won't yield and recognize and acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because it's, it's, it's worked in our lives spiritually. If we just simply want to do it physically, we're not, going to, we're not going to see the manifestations that we desire. But when we begin to recognize and acknowledge that God is working in our lives and he does it by his spirit, that it's no longer my maneuvering it's no longer me manufacturing something but it's a spirit that's working in my life you know one of the things I found out as much as we would like to there's absolutely no way to manufacture grace because there isn't anything that we do to work it up it's the Holy Ghost in our life and so it's not what we do it's what Jesus has already done in our lives. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we have today to hear your word. Lord, we come to you with open hearts to hear and receive that which you have for us today. We want to grow in your word so that we might be more effective in this life to fulfill the plan, the purpose that you have for each and every one of us. And so, Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your love. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that is ministering to us right now. And, Father, we thank you for Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our, of our faith, who through this word will work something mighty in each and every one of us. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as you probably heard, um, Ron Hart Bonnke went home to be with the Lord this week, and, and what a mighty man of God. But you know, he did those mighty things not out of his ability, but he was able to do it because he was yielded to the Holy Spirit. And he recognized what God wanted to do in and through him. And oftentimes we look at an individual like that and we think, oh, it's so marvelous. Look how mightily God used him. Well, his was visible to an entire world, what God was doing in his life, because he touched so many lives, innumerable. I mean, you can't, you can't count the lives that he's touched. But you know what? God wants to do the same thing in your life and my life. 
And it isn't because I've equipped myself or I've prepared myself. It's because he wants to work through me. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is an equipping that takes place. We have to know what the Word of God says in order to be able to sense what the Spirit is leading us in. You know, there's, you know Brother Hagen made this statement. He said, it's, it's Spirit and truth. He said, if all that you have is, is the Spirit, you blow up. But if all you have is the Word, you dry up. And it takes a combination of both. It takes a combination of the Word and the Spirit in our life. And when we have that word and we begin to see the completed works of Jesus and everything that he's done for each and every one of us, it's the spirit that brings that alive on the inside of us that we might be able to walk in the fullness of it. And so it's, it's, it's that spirit that's at work in each and every one of our lives. And as we yield to that, we see marvelous things. And so if you've got your... Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. I want to read the 29th verse, and I want to read it out of the Amplified Version. But you know, when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Bible refers to him as our guide, as our teacher, as our comforter. He's all of those things. You know, I think sometimes within the church, we see the Holy Ghost as a jump or as a shout or as a running in place or something. But he's so much more than that. He wants to work that in our lives. You know, we talk about praying in tongues and how important praying in tongues is. And it is for each and every one of us if we want to have that effective relationship with Jesus, that, that opportunity, that, that gifting is so important, but he's so much more than that. And I think sometimes we try to take the Holy Spirit and we try to bring him down to our level to where we can understand him. We do that with God all the time. But you know what? He's beyond our comprehension. That's why it takes faith. It takes faith to believe that he can do through you and I what he says he's going to do. Because we have a tendency to look upon ourselves and we see and we acknowledge and we recognize our limitations. But God wants to take us beyond that. And so it's by his grace that he teaches us everything that he wants to produce in each of our lives. And so in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 29th verse, it says, How much worse, <clears throat> sterner, or heavier uh, punishment do you suppose he will be judged to des uh, deserve who has spurred or, or thus trampled underfoot the Son of God, and who has considered the covenant blood by which he has consecrated, common and unhallowed, thus profaned it and insulting it and outraging the Holy Spirit, who imparts, and that's the part I wanted to get to, who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God is the Holy Spirit who imparts his grace, his mercy into our lives. You know, Jimmy Rushton was the first one I heard that made this statement. He said, well, we need to be able to, we need to be willing to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You know what? The Holy Spirit wants to impart 
God's grace, His grace into our lives. But you know what? For Him to be able to part, impart that into our lives, we, we have to be in a place where we're willing to cooperate with Him. Where we're willing to allow Him to do so. That we're willing to recognize that even though I don't understand this, I know that He is able. And if He's able, all I need to do is be willing. And he'll do things in our lives above and beyond our ability to comprehend, our ability to imagine. You know, the end of this month, we're finishing up our career in the ministry. And you know, 40-some years ago, if God had said, if somebody had told me that I was going to pastor for almost... 40 years, I would have told them they were bonkers. They were nuts. They didn't know what they were talking about. Because I'm incapable of doing that. And you know what? I was absolutely correct at the time. I was incapable. And there may be, may be things in your life, though the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that he wants to call you to do. I'm not talking just simply being called into the ministry in one area or another. What I'm talking about in whatever field he's called you to as your vocation, as, you know, whatever it may be. You know what? You're capable. But it's not because of your ability. It's because of the grace of God, what he wants to impart into your life. But you know what? We've got to be willing to cooperate with him, to acknowledge that, yes, indeed, he can do all things. We can do all things through Christ as he strengthens us. But you know what? We've got to be willing to allow ourselves to be in a position to partner with the Holy Ghost that he's able to do it because without him, it would have been an absolute impossibility in my life. But you know what? The same thing is true in each of our lives. If we'll allow him, he will take us to places that we would have never imagined being. You know, if uh, he hadn't called me into the ministry, I'd have been the best plumber you've ever seen. Now, I hated plumbing, but I had to cooperate with him. And when I did, he was able to do things through me. You know, one time my boss called me in when I was plumbing down in Missouri, and he, I got all the Excuse the expression for a plumber, but I had all the crappy jobs. And uh, he would send me out on these jobs, and, 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 and one day he set me aside and he says, you know, Dave, he says, I want you to understand something. I don't send you on these jobs because I don't like you. I send you on these jobs because I know that you'll get it done. Because the other guys would have come back and they would have said it can't be done. How many of you know when people want plumbing in their house, get her done? One way or another, you get her done. But you know what? The Holy Spirit helped me in that. The Holy Ghost helped you be a plumber? Yes. And he'll help you in whatever area you're in. You see, we, we take it and we, we try to spiritualize everything. But you know what? God wants to make us the best at whatever it is that we're doing, because we're doing it for him. We're doing it for his glory. In 1 Corinthians, 
the second chapter, and in the ninth verse, it says, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, it hasn't entered into your heart the things that God wants to do in and through you. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our life because he expands that which was, that's on the inside of us. We begin to see ourselves doing things we could have never imagined doing. We begin to hear ourselves speaking things that we never thought we could have ever spoken. And how do we do that? We do that through him. We do that as we begin to put our trust and our confidence in him. We partner with him. We partner with the Holy Ghost. Because you know what? You know, I've heard people say this, God doesn't need you. It's not true. He needs you. Because he needs a vessel that he can flow through. Jesus is seated at the right hand of Father God on high. He's seated there because he's completed his work. And what did he do? He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you somebody just like me. And that's the Holy Spirit who has come to live on the inside of each and every one of us. For what purpose? To equip us to do the works of Jesus. Every moment of every day as we acknowledge and recognize the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're doing the works of Jesus. You know, it isn't it interesting, we go through the book of uh, the, the Gospels and we see these miracles of Jesus. But you know, I don't know about you, I can, I can read that and, and I'm a slow reader. I can read that through in a pretty short period of time. Especially when you take into account that each of the four Gospels are talking about the same events. It's looking at it from a different perspective. And so it's not like that book takes up a whole period of time. But you know, Jesus walked on the earth, walked with his disciples for three and a half years. So let me tell you something. There was a lot of activity that went on. In fact, wasn't it John who said, if I write down everything that Jesus did, there aren't enough volumes in the earth. So what does that mean? Jesus did a whole lot more than what was recorded. And do you know why that was? Because every moment of every day, Jesus was being led by the Holy Spirit as he walked down the road with his disciples. Talking about the things of the day. Jesus was ministering under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're not just simply anointed when you feel it. You're anointed because you're a child of God and the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. And he wants to use you in ways that you've, you would have never imagined. And you know the thing about it is, he's using us when we don't even know he's using us. Because we ought to be that alive to the Holy Spirit in our life. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Just think about this. The things that God has prepared for you, you don't have a clue. Really? It's what the Holy Spirit has come for, to reveal to you the things that he wants to do in and through you. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And why does he do that? He does that for you and me. To take us to a place where we could have never imagined going, that we might accomplish things we could have never imagined accomplishing. He's so wonderful. And you know what? And when he reveals it to us, there's no burden that goes along with it. Let me... Let me challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to stop limiting what God can do through you. And that means, means number one, you've got to begin to listen to him. And when he tells you something that your brain goes, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he will. You know, in just a few weeks, we're, we're celebrating a transition in this church. And let me tell you something. To me, it is so exciting. Not, not because I'm retiring. It's kind of exciting. But I am so excited for my church. You understand what I mean by my church? This is my church. Not Pastor Dave's church. This is David Schroeder's church. This is my church. This is my home church. This will be my church probably until Aaron throws dirt on top of me. This is my church. And I'm excited for my church. Because it hasn't entered in the heart of man what God is going to do through this church. And, you know, if you've just kind of tagged along, get in. Jump in with both feet. Get into the, get into the deep water. Amen? Because yeah. he wants to take you deep. He wants to take you to places you haven't been before. But he'll do it. We just simply have to say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me. Use me. Who would have ever thought... Uh, farm boy from southern Minnesota who barely made it through school was able to preach the gospel in four continents in some 26 different countries. Was never in my imagination, was never in my thought, never, never a dream because I was too stupid, too dumb, unable to do it. But you know what? If God can use me, can you imagine what he can do through you? That's the God we serve. Get rid of the limitations. Take off the limitations. And you know the thing about it is, Matthew 11, verse 30, it says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
You know, the most marvelous thing that ever happened to our household was when God chose to call us into the ministry. Now, Pastor Becky, I said the last thing in the world she ever wanted to be was a pastor's wife. So don't ever say the last thing in the world you want to be is because you may be it. When we moved to Je from Jefferson, we said the last place we ever want to go back, we will never go back to Jefferson, Iowa. We moved back and 38 years later, we're still here. Don't ever say can't, won't, because God will. And you will. <laughs> Amen. That's what's so marvelous about him because you're in a place where you know that it was him. Why limit yourself to what you can do? God wants to take you so far beyond what you can do. If I depend upon me, I limit what God wants to accomplish in this earth. But the moment that I begin to recognize him and give him free reign, and it says that his yoke is easy. You know, for years I've, I've felt like I must have failed in the ministry. Because I didn't feel burdened like so many of my friends in the ministry. I'm thinking, we must be doing something wrong. Oh, there, there's been issues. There's been difficult times. But who in this room hasn't had a difficult time, time and time again? We all have that. That just simply proves you're still breathing. So we've all gone through it. But, but the thing that I've realized is that his, his yoke is easy. When his yoke becomes difficult is when I begin to fight against it. When I begin to remove that yoke and determine that I can do this on my own. I can do this in my own strength. I don't care what your vocation is. I don't care what God has called you to do. God wants to carry it, the burden of it, with you. Together. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus is the burden bearer. That means if we're bearing the burden all by ourselves, we haven't hooked up with him yet. But it's time. It's time that we look to him and rely upon him and give place to him. Psalms 118 verse 23, it says, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. When the Lord does it, it's marvelous. It's how it'll be in our eyes. We look back and we, we think, wow, how did that happen? Well, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of you. It was because of Jesus. Because of the author, the perfecter of the faith who worked in us and gave us the Holy Spirit to live and abide on the inside of us to strengthen us, to equip us, to empower us, to fulfill his plan and his purpose in the earth. Galatians 1, 11 and 12, it says, But I make 
know unto you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me, this is Paul speaking, that the gospel was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So is Paul praying? Or what's he saying? He's saying this message, and we're talking about the message of grace, the gospel of grace here. He's saying this message didn't come to me through men. It came to me by revelation of Jesus Christ. But you know this, this gospel of grace, thing that I've trying to that I, I've come to realize is when we try to figure these things out in our own intellect. It's when confusion comes in. But you know, when we place ourselves in a position where the Holy Spirit can speak to us, where the Holy Spirit can bring, bring revelation to us, because what it is, is it's a revelation of Jesus. It's when we try to figure it out in our own mind. We lose sight of Jesus. We, we see everything else. But he want, what, he, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to make Jesus more clear to us than we've ever seen it before. And this message of Paul that he brought later on in Peter, Peter makes a statement. He says, you know, these things that Paul preaches, they're hard to get a hold of. You know why it was hard for Peter to get a hold of it? Because it went contrary to everything that he had been taught in the past. You know, religion will confuse you. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with tradition. Just bad tradition. Bad tradition is any tradition that goes contrary to the word of God. And so, you know, if you grew up in an environment where, like I did, where it was, was do your best, and it was dependent upon you, and it was self-effort, and all at once you begin to hear the message of faith, and you begin to hear the message of grace, and you begin to hear the message how the Holy Spirit wants to empower you, all at once because of everything that you had heard in the past, it's like, how, how can this be? This goes... It, it, it contradicts everything that I've, that I've heard in the past. Well, that's what repentance is. Repentance is turning from that which does not line up with the Word of God, and you choose to accept what the Word says. And what happens is you begin to move forward. It's not like you have to throw everything out, but you've got to get rid of those things that contradict what the Word says. And that's, Peter had to do it. Peter says this, this word that Paul preaches is, it's a tough thing to get a hold of. Because Peter was raised as a Jew. He was raised under the law. He had to keep the law. He had to abide by the festivals. He had to do all those things. Remember when the sheet came down and, Paul, and the Lord says from heaven after the third time, take and eat. And he says, never Lord. Something unclean has never crossed these lips. The Lord said, what I call good, clean is clean. What happened? He was led to the Gentiles, to you and me, to preach the gospel. 
But you know what? That even that was difficult for Peter. Why? Because it went crossways with what he had been taught when he had heard in the past. We have to decide, I'm going to go with God. I'm going to go with Jesus. I'm going to go with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to allow him to reveal to me this truth that's going to change my life. Because I don't know about you. The message of faith, the message of grace, knowing what the Holy Spirit has made available to me, it changed my life. He wants to change our, each of our lives and he wants us to walk in the fullness of the victor of it, victory of it. And how does he do it? He does it through revelation, giving us a revelation of Jesus. You get a hold of the message of faith. What is the message of faith? Putting your trust in Jesus. You get a hold of grace. What is grace? Grace is believing that everything Jesus did for you, he did for you. And that you accept it and recognize it. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. My needs are met, not because of what I've done, but because he became poor that I might become rich. I'm delivered from the oppression of the enemy. Why? Because Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so that oppression has no right to my life. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. And it isn't based on my actions. Now, I cooperate with him. My actions change because of what Jesus did on the inside of me through the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, my entire life begins to change because of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is present in you. You know, he didn't just, you know, just, you know, we're about to celebrate Christmas. You know, Jesus didn't begin to exist on that morning that he was born. He always was. In the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What's John talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He was the Word in the beginning. But you know what? The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. In Genesis 1-2 it says, The earth was, was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit... And the, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. There the Holy Ghost was. Hovering over the face. He was involved in creation. But you know, it's interesting. God said, let there be. And there was. And the Holy Spirit was involved. And you know what? Those need to be words that are coming out of our mouths. Let there be, and there will be, because of the Holy Spirit that's involved in our life. Let there be a healing, and guess what? Healing manifests. Let there be provision, and guess what? Prison, provision shows up. Let there be freedom, and you know what happens? We begin to walk in the fullness of the freedom that's been made available to us through Christ Jesus. And so those same words, see, we have those creative words on the inside of us. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. And God said, say to this mountain, 
be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe in your heart that those things that you say are going to come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. So we need to speak out what the Word of God says about us. And we need to begin to declare that we are the men, the women that God has called us to do, to be. And we can do what He's spoken to our hearts as to what we are to do. You see, if we depend on our intellect, we're going to miss it. Amen. If we rely upon our intellect, we're going to miss it. Intellect, intellect is wonderful. Amen. Helps us understand a whole lot of things. But if we're going to depend on that for our understanding, we're going to miss what God has for us. Because if we rely completely upon our intellect, we leave out faith. Galatians 5.18, it says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And you see, that's what our intellect does, is it, 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 it begins to program us to have a bunch of do's and don'ts as to what we have to abide by. And the moment that we make the determination that I'm going to abide by this, what happens? We don't want to. <laughs> But when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, it says that he'll take us into all truth. And the thing about it is when the Holy Spirit is leading us, that means we've chosen to follow him. It's no longer about have to, it's about want to. And the thing that I've found is a whole lot easier to do something when I want to, rather than because I have to. You know, maybe, maybe I'm unique, but when I have to, my heels start to dig in. But when I want to, everything changes. Amen. Changes everything. And you know what? He'll work it in unique ways. You know, my hands, they're so tender now. You know, they used to be calloused and, and rough and so forth, but now they're just kind of, see how soft they are, Chad? They're just, I, even, I, use, I even use lotion on them now. But my hands are so nice. And, you know, and I was brought up really believing that dishwater is hot. And my, my hands really shouldn't get into it, even though they were calloused at that time. You know, you know because it's kind of woman's work. And all the men are afraid to respond. And so, you know, I, I just, and besides that, I didn't want to. Amen. Isn't that, a, isn't that a good reason right there? Didn't want to. Well, the more and more I ate Pastor Becky's cooking and appreciated it, I found that one of the ways that I could show that appreciation 
was by doing the dishes because I, which was a shock to me. I, she really doesn't like to do dishes either. And so my want to was able to be changed partly because I love eating the food, <laughs> but also because I knew that it pleased her. And so the want to, to make the change, had to get its attention off of me and had to get the attention on somebody else. Now, I don't always, not as, always as spontaneous as I should be, you know, because, you know, I'm, I, I can only think on one thing at a time. You know, I, I know that women multitask and so forth, but, you know, I, I, one box at a time, that's all that I can handle. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it, there's, there's different sizes, but one at a time. And so, you know, when I'm in the football box, you know, to think I want to go get a cup of coffee is a major, major thought. You know, and so it, it awakens me to the fact that I want to go to the kitchen and get the cup of coffee, but I'm very focused because you got to get the coffee to get back before the commercial's over. Amen. And so there may be a sink full of dishes there, but you got to understand I'm not in that box. I don't, I don't even see the dishes. In the kitchen, all I see is the coffee cup and the pot. That's the extent of it. And once the coffee is poured, I no longer see the pot. I'm back into the kitchen and I'm focused. You understand? I'm in that box. And so I've had to learn to peek out of the box once in a while. But I have to want to. I have no idea where I'm going with this, but <laughs> it, it makes a pretty good story anyway. God wants to change your want to. Because when you change, he changes your want to, it isn't somebody asking you or begging you or whatever. You do it because you want to. And that's how God wants to work in every area of our life. He wants to place the want to there. It means we've got to get uncomfortable once in a while. My hands get burnt. But he wants to work it in us. He wants to do it. But you know what? When somebody says, you need to do such and such, I don't know about you. I don't want to. <laughs> call it flesh, call it whatever you want. It's the truth. But you know, when I begin to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to teach me, and I allow him to begin to work the want to in my life, all of a sudden, things begin to change. That's why when we try to follow after Jesus by obeying rules and regulations, we were so unsuccessful. Because it wasn't because we wanted to, it was because we had to. But the moment the had to went to, I, I want to be pleasing to my Lord and Savior Jesus, it changes everything. Our life changes dramatically. 
when we begin to serve Jesus because we love him, not because I'm afraid of going to hell. You know what? Fear is a great motivator. It'll just never sustain you. It'll last for a period of time, but it won't, it, it doesn't have the hang in there. But when you do something because you love somebody, all of a sudden there's that want to, and there's the ability to stick to it. And that's why love is the new law. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, you no longer have to worry about falling away from him because those thoughts are no longer dominating and controlling you. Because you want to be pleasing to him. And so we serve him because we want to please him. Not because we have to. It's because we love him. In John 14, 27, it says, just, this is Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You know what? A lot of the motivation in the world is fear. Well, you know, you better get your supplement before the 9th of December, 7th of December, whatever it is, or you're going to have to pay a whole lot. Trying to get us old folk to get our supplement paid for. Well, praise the Lord. I don't worry about it. I've got Terry. He takes care of it. And if he doesn't, I got Jesus. You see, it's all fear. Isn't it? Fear. Trying to dominate and control us. It'll motivate us, but it doesn't sustain us. But when we understand the love of God, all of a sudden, everything changes. Peace. Jesus says, I leave it with you. I leave my peace with you. You're to live, you're to walk in peace. On, on Wednesday night, we've been talking about this verse quite a bit. Hebrews 4.11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter the rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Well, how do we, how do we get to the place of obedience? By resting. Resting in what Jesus has done for us. When we're out of rest, when we're, we're, when we're out of control, when we feel like we've got to do something, we're in that unrest. And what does it lead to? It leads to disobedience. We're to rest in him. He says, be diligent to enter the rest. Be diligent to make certain where you put your trust and your confidence. You put it in Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you continually reminding you, you can trust Him. You can trust Him. You have confidence in Him. He'll not forsake you. 1 Peter 1.9, it says, Knowing this, that the law is made for the righteous person, is not made for the righteous person, for, but for the lawless, the insubordinate, for the ungodly, and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, the murders of fathers and murders of mothers, the manslayers. Know this, 
This is why the law has been given. It's been given for them. Well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am not unrighteous. I am holy. And so it's not been given to me because I've already been straightened out. I've been straightened out because of Jesus. <clears throat> and now I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that is working that spirit of love on the inside of me so that I'll not be that murderer. I'll not be the one that blasphemes. I'll not be the one that do does those things that are unbecoming to Jesus. And how do I do it? I do it by walking in love. I do it by yielding and listening to the Holy Spirit who wants to lead me. What are we talking about this morning? The Spirit of grace. It's a spirit. It's, it's, it's revealed to us by the Holy Spirit who wants to, wants to guide us into all truth. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under law, but you're under grace. Why will sin not dominate you? Because your focus is not on self. Your focus is on Jesus. When you're under the law, you're constantly examining self. But when you're under grace, you're constantly examining what Jesus has done for you. And so your focus is on him. And so law has no avenue in your life. Romans 5, 19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered <clears throat> that the offense might abound. Why? So that we might need, know we need a Savior. The more we say no, the more everything within us wants to say yes. The obedient one is Jesus. That's who we submit to. That's who we yield to. That's where we find the victory that is truly ours. Verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness. How does grace reign? through righteousness, to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It reigns through life, the life we have in Jesus. Verse 20 out of the Amplified, it says, But when law came only to expand and increase the trespass, making it more apparent and exciting opposition, but where sin increased and abound, grace, God's unmerited favor, has surpassed it and increased the more and superabundantly, superabound. That's what the grace of God will work in your life and my life. We get our focus, we get our attention off of self, and we look on Him. You know, when Paul, he talks about how, about the struggle that was within him. But that struggle within Paul was when he was trying to abide by the law. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will set me free? 
And he says, Christ has set me free. Wretched man that you and I were, who set us free? Christ has set us free. And he set us free for what purpose? That we might fulfill his plan and his purpose here on earth. What an unbelievable, magnificent responsibility that's been given to you and I. That as we follow Jesus, we demonstrate him to a lost and dying world. As we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we may not say anything that that's, that is that spiritual, but our life will indicate it. Another great man of God who went home some time ago, T.L. Osborne, was in Africa and he was ministering. And after his meeting, he met with the president of this African country. I don't remember which country it was. And the president said to T.L. Osborne, he says, you know, he said, over the years, we've had all the great preachers. He began to name them off that preached in their country. And he says, you know, after they would leave, we would say, what a great preacher. What a wonderful message he preached. But he said, after you preached the other night, everybody said, oh, what a wonderful Jesus he talks about. That's what it needs to be in your life, in my life. It isn't about me being a wonderful Christian, a wonderful preacher, a wonderful whatever it may be. It's the wonderful Jesus that we represent. May our lives demonstrate and represent to a lost and dying world, a wonderful Jesus who was born, who came, who died, who was resurrected from the dead for our justification. And not only for ours, but for theirs, for those that are looking upon us. May we represent him rightly. Demonstrate, show that love that is unquestionable. The love that he demonstrated towards each one of us. And as we leave here today, let me leave you with these words. They were the words of Pastor Jeff Schroeder as he closed one Sunday morning in this church. I've heard others say it, but he was the first that I heard say it. He said, as you leave this place today, go as God's representative and preach the gospel everywhere you go, but use words only if you have to. Our lives are to be a living testimony of how wonderful our Jesus is. And so, Father, we thank you today for your goodness and your love. We thank you for your word that is unchanging. We thank you for the Holy Spirit 
who lives and abides within each and every one of us to guide us into all truth. Father, we want you to have your way in each of our lives and through our lives. May you receive honor and glory. And Father, we pray it in the magnificent name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as you go, go in his peace, his strength, his love, go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. And give somebody a hug. Let them know you love them.